Good morning, church. It is good to be home and thankful for this opportunity to assemble with you, the saints, with God's people. God has blessed us in so many ways, and we have so many reasons to be eternally grateful to Him for His compassion, for His kindness, for His mercy, for His care, and for His love. We welcome you visitors as well as members. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Oh, great and awesome Heavenly Father, hallowed be your amazing name. We praise you, we love you, we thank you, we honor you. For you are our great God. You are the only God. Thank you for allowing us to know you. And greater than that, thank you for knowing us. And this morning as we worship you, we ask that you will guide us, and bless us, that you will help us, that you will keep our minds focused only on you and on your word and your will and your way, that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Help us to remember Jesus, your great son. It is through him and in his name we pray and thank thee that be thy will. Amen. This morning we want to begin talking about the messenger of the covenant. It's always interesting to listen and to watch in the scriptures and to see the ways that God manifests himself to man. God has a message for all to hear of all time, for all peoples who've ever lived. And Jesus, the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, brings this message of the covenant from God, from the Godhead, to us. And we look back into the Old Testament and we gain more insight of of God's teaching, what He wants us to know. I want us to turn to Exodus, please, chapter 23. So we want to grab this Old Testament lesson, make a New Testament application, and do this a few times in this particular study. So the emphasis is on this angel, this messenger, Beginning at verse 20, the Bible says, Behold, I am going to send an angel before you to guard you along the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Be on your guard before him and obey his voice. Do not rebel or be rebellious toward him, for he will not pardon your transgression since my name is in him. But if you will truly obey his voice and do all that I say, Then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite, the Canaanite, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and I will completely destroy them. God's message to us. It comes with Amazing compassion, mercy. It comes with a directive and skill. It comes with disaster for the disobedient. It comes to us in a way that God shows how much He really, truly cares. So, so think about for just a moment the one who accompanied the Israelites on their journey through the wilderness. When we think about the wilderness, you go, you know... In the wilderness, you know, many of them die because of their lack of faith. In the wilderness, 
Well, I mean, that was kind of tough, right? I mean, they walked and walked all day through the wilderness for 40 years. But that's where God was in the wilderness. So that's where you want to be. That's where Israel was supposed to learn to want to be wherever God is. And God accompanied them. Listen, if you will, to verse 20. Behold, I am going to send an angel before you to guard you along the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. And so listen to what the angel is doing. So the Bible says, I'm going to send an angel. The angel will guard you and bring you. The emphasis was on the angel, the messenger. Who was that angel or that messenger? And why so much emphasis on him? Over in Exodus chapter 20, uh, chapter 14 rather. Chapter 14 and verse 19. After the pursuit of Pharaoh, the Egyptians, they're pursuing God's people. They're running for their dear lives in their own minds, wondering how are we going to survive this? Verse 19, the Bible says, And the angel of God, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. There's this activity from this angel who is protecting and guarding the people of God to bring them safely through. And all were welcome, right? Coming out of Egypt, everyone was welcome. Both, both the Jews, the Hebrews, if you will, and, and the Gentiles, everyone was welcome. And some left and went with God, and, and some stayed behind. And then later, the Egyptians pursued them. And you know, the rest of the account, they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. Why such emphasis on this angel who would guide them and guard them and protect them? It's a great lesson for us. It's a great lesson for us. In chapter 13 and verse 21, the Bible specifically says, and the Lord was going before them. You see, it's God who was the representation, if you will, or manifested as that angel. It was God who was going before them. It was God who was protecting them. It was God who was upholding them. It was God who was leading them. It was God who was protecting them all the way through. Verse 21, it says, And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. God did what he said he was going to do, and then he told them what he was going to do, and then he did what he said he was going to do. And that's what God does for us. And to try to live our lives without God is, is foolish, church. We know that, right? We, we understand that. But how many of us have tried to live our lives without, without God for just a moment? To live our lives without God who's leading and guiding and guarding and protecting and keeping. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The New Testament gives us a, a, an Old Testament look. It's saying, I want you to remember 
who was leading them. And I want you to think about the same one that's leading you if you give yourself to him. 1 Corinthians 10, beginning at verse 1, God gives us a glimpse backwards into that Old Testament story of Exodus chapter 14, 13, and, and so on. For I do not want you to become unaware, verse 1, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food. And all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. And so we can look all the way backwards and see Jesus. And we come all the way forwards and we see Jesus. And we see God. We hear God's message to us. God's message is, listen to him. He's protecting you. Think about that. I'm not protecting myself. God is protecting me. I'm not doing it on my own. It's God. And sometimes I, maybe you, forget the value of God. That we're invaluable without... God is an amazing gift to us. And He's protecting us and guarding us and guiding us and leading us and directing us. And if God is in the wilderness, that's where we ought to want to be. And in our lives, as we live for Jesus, and as we think about the answer that God reveals to us, we have to ask ourselves the question, am I listening to the message of God? Back to the text in Exodus chapter 23. In Exodus 23, he says, I'm sending my angel. God is basically saying, I'm sending myself. I'm going to come. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to guide you. And God hasn't changed. God is still doing the same thing, protecting us and guiding us and guarding us and leading us. Why do we fight God? Why do we fight God? So in Exodus 23, back to verse 20 again, listen to what's said. Listen to what's stated. He says, Behold, I'm going to send an angel. I'm sending myself. I'm sending Jesus. Before you, to guard you along the way. And to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Is Satan... Is Satan real? Do we, do we still need a guard? Or do you think you can fight Satan on your own? Sometimes, you know, I think, hey, you know, I, I can win. I can do this. I can. No, you, Satan has been doing this far too long. He kind of knows all the, all the tricks, doesn't he? And you see the same stuff that Satan does over and over and over and over again. It's the same stuff. It's the same package. It's just got a different name on it. And it's pretty on the outside, sin, and it's, but, it's, but it's really bad on the inside. And once it gets a hold of us, it, it won't let us go. Do we need a guard today? I'm going to show you that this, this promise and, and the promise to Moses, or Abraham and the promise to Moses is the same promise for God's people today. Are we listening to God? Or are we, I don't know, trying to do it on our own? 
And what was the purpose? What did God say? God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not only going to guard you, Israel, right, called Israel out of this whole group of people that left Egypt. I'm not only going to guard you, I'm going to bring you to the place that I promised for you. How are we going to get to heaven, church? You can't get there on your own. We cannot get there on our own. We need God to guide us and lead us and prepare us and take us along the way to get us to the promised land, to get us into heaven. Thank you, God, for guarding us, for guarding your people in times past and now guarding us today and for bringing us along the way. Thank you, God, for that. I think we say thank you to God for that. And then it goes on in verse 21. Be on your guard before him and obey his voice. Am I listening to Jesus? I mean, you know, life is happening. Am I listening? Am I listening to Jesus? Well, you, the only way you can answer that question is I could ask it in this way. Are you reading your Bible? That's a good way to ask that question, isn't it? Because that's how you listen to Jesus. You see, when you think about this, this idea of I, I need God to guard me and lead me, and, and I want God to talk to me and, and tell me what to do, you've you got to read the book to get it. And the message is the same all the way through. I'm there to protect you. I love you. I'm guarding you, and I'm bringing you along the way. You want to go to heaven, I'm going to show you how to get there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said that in John 14. Am I listening to Jesus? Verse 21 says, be on your guard before him and obey his voice. Am I listening? Do not be rebellious toward him. For he will not pardon your transgressions, since my name is in him. Turn to Hebrews, please, chapter, chapter 2. Am I listening? I mean, do I even want to know? You know, sometimes, you know, Jesus might talk through the Scripture. I really don't want to know, right? I mean, I'm sitting there. I know I start reading the Bible, and, and, then, and then something something strikes a nerve. But I don't want to hear it. Not today. So I close it up. Might not get back to it for a while. Or, or maybe there's some distraction out there. And, and, and so I don't get a chance to get to the Word like I'm supposed to. If I'm not reading the Bible every day, am I really listening to Jesus? And the answer is no. Because that's the only way God talks to us today. And so Hebrews 2, beginning of verse 1 says, For this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. There's this fear, right? Do this and why do you think it's every week in remembrance of me? Because we forget. We forget. And now with the iPhones, we're forgetting even more, right? We're forgetting more now that we have our iPhones. Thank God you can't take communion on your iPhone. We must pay a much closer attention. Now think about that for a moment. 
So I grow in my faith. And, and now, today, I'm, I'm a little further in my faith. And then 10 years, I'm even further in my faith. And then 20 years, I'm even further in my faith. And the, the Scripture still reads the same. You've got to pay even a closer attention to what you've heard. But if I haven't heard it, I can't pay attention to it. You see, because Satan is out there and, and he's, he's a roaring lion, right? He's seeking someone to devour every single day, every moment of the day. He's trying to devour, to destroy us. But if we listen to Jesus and if we follow Jesus, he'll guard us and he'll protect us and he'll bring us along the way. We must pay a much closer attention. Verse 2. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation after it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard? God also bearing witness with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. We've got to pay attention. It's confirmed. It's qualified. Sanctified. And here it is. We have it. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it amazing that God gave us the whole book? Right? The whole here's the mind of God, right? If you will, in, in some in some you know, whatever measure. And what do we do with it? What do we do with the mind of God in whatever measure it has come to us? What do we do with it? Oh, I don't. I don't know if I want that. The message is the same. Exodus told us, listen, listen to him. Don't disobey him. Listen to him. Matthew 17. Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John go to the top of the mountain with, with Jesus. And they get to the top of the mountain and, and a, an amazing, amazing thing happens. The transfiguration comes to pass. This is after Jesus declared that, if you will, in Matthew chapter 16, Behold, I'll build my church. You know that still exists, right? My church. I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And guess what? It's still here. Thank you, God. And then, and then it goes on, the text, and then it says in verse uh, 1, And six days later, Jesus took with them Peter and James and John, his brother, and brought them to, up to a high mountain by himself, or themselves, excuse me. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll make three tabernacles. Here, one for you. One for you. We'll get you one. And one for Moses. And we'll get one for Elijah. And that was man thinking, right? That's a good idea. But in Exodus 23, God said, you listen to the messenger. 
And in Matthew 17, verse 5, And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And he has something to say. He has a message for us. Let's talk about that message for just just a moment. John 5. John chapter 5. So God said, listen to him. My name is in him. Exodus 23. We'll come back to Exodus 23. A little bit later. John 5. Verse 21. The Bible says, For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. You don't get to choose that. Right? We don't get to say, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do this, and then God's going to have to accept it. No. Listen to Jesus. What did Jesus say? How did Jesus say salvation would come to us? How did Jesus say that we ought to live our lives? What did Jesus say he expects us to do? The Son of Man gives it to whom he wishes, for not even the Father judges anyone. But he has given all judgment to the Son. Now, just for a moment. Remember when Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane Remember that he was, his sweat drops were like drops of blood. And remember how they treated him? And do you remember what they did to him in the crucifixion and prior to the crucifixion? And do you remember why all of that happened? Because of my sins. And because of your sins. And let me tell you why you ought to be thankful that Jesus is not a man. He was all man and all God, but Jesus is God. We ought to be thankful that Jesus is not like us because he would be vengeful against every one of us. Because all of us have messed up. All of us have sinned. All of us sent Jesus to the cross. Though he went willingly to save our souls. In verse 23, in order that all may honor the Son, even as they honor the Father, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Do we honor Jesus? Not in Hollywood. No. How many times have you heard Christians use God's name, the name of Jesus in vain? That's not honor. Are we listening to Jesus? Exodus, the same chapter, excuse me, John chapter 5, just a moment, verse 25. Listen to what Jesus says. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear shall live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to his Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. 
Who's going to execute judgment? Jesus. So here's the question. Am I listening to the one who's going to judge me? I mean, it's not really that difficult when you think about it. It's just, what does God want me to do? What is Jesus telling me? What does God expect of me? He is the one who's going to judge me. Shouldn't I have some kind of fear and reverence and awe and respect? And I don't know, church. I wonder sometimes. We even fear Jesus. The one who's going to be our judge. You ever stood before a judge? Like on earth? Maybe you were, maybe there was some kind of trouble, or maybe it was just a, a court case for, you know, property. Maybe it was a civil issue. Was, I don't know, whatever it may be. Stand before a judge. Here's what you realize. You're not in charge. And you have to bring something, don't you? When you go before a judge, you have to bring evidence. And then the judge, as they listen to the evidence, and they interpret the law, will make a decision, and that decision will stand, and it will be decree that this is what your punishment or, or your reward is. And when people go before the judge, they tend to dress pretty nicely. <laughs> they tend to go in there with, you know, they don't go in there with rags on. They go in there with a measure or a level of respect for the judge. And then they say, your honor. Jesus is the eternal judge and the father says you need to listen to him and then he goes on to say in verse 28 do not marvel at this for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life And those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. How seriously should I take this? I'm talking about my Christian life. I'm talking about salvation. Where is God in my heart? Now watch how scary it could be. Let's, let's talk about how scary it could be. And then let's talk about the blissfulness, if you will. Revelation chapter 1. Imagine reading this. You're in Revelation 1. And, and by the way, this isn't going to be on the screen. We're going to step away for a second. Imagine how scary judgment could be. So you were a man... And you were, you were one of the guys that, that the, the governor, Pilate, said, crucify him. And you were one of the men, one of the guards who had the hammer and the nails. And you were one of the ones who scourged him. You were the, one of the ones who ex- executed, if you will, the command that came from your governor on Jesus. You, you might have been the one that pierced his side. Listen for just a moment. Verse 4 and following. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, 
the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he is made to be a kingdom of priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Let's keep reading. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. And that's, that's like the Old Testament. Remember when the, the cloud, he, in the pillar of the cloud, remember that? I wish it meant he was coming with me. That's not what it means. The pillar of the cloud, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even, now imagine you were the one, even those who pierced him. And all the trials of the earth will mourn over him. Even so, amen. Wow. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who was and who is and who is to come, the Almighty. Imagine, maybe you weren't one of those, but you, you were a scribe. You were, you were a, go to Matthew 23. You were a Pharisee. You were one of the ones who were uh, antagonistic against Jesus. You were one of the ones who, who didn't care about the message of God. You were one of the ones who didn't listen to Jesus. And then Jesus says to you in verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men for you do not enter in yourselves. Nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Wait, what? Can you imagine that if Jesus says to you, you're not going to get into heaven. He's the judge. How seriously are we taking this? Are we listening to Jesus. Great. Luke 23. Luke 23. Here's a man, one thought about Jesus, one listened to the message he knew. He heard it before. Maybe he was one of John's disciples. I don't know, but you know, the thief on the cross. He heard the message about the kingdom. He didn't listen to Jesus. But then on his deathbed, if you want to call it that, on the cross, he made the request. He made the request. After mocking Jesus with everyone else, he made the request. Verse 42, he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Is there any grace for me? And Jesus said, yeah, there he is. Today, you will be with me in paradise. But the one, the other one, he didn't listen. And he didn't make it to heaven. Am I listening to Jesus? Okay, here's here's the other side. The other side, let's talk to Christians first. 1 John chapter 1. I have trouble in my life. Maybe I've sinned, I've done something I ought not do. And I just need to do the simple things that God asked me to do. 
I, I just need to repent. I just need to conf- It's so simple. It's just amazing. It's like, you know, it's almost like uh, uh, AT&T took a, a script out of the Bible, you know. Even AT&T will take you back. That's way back when, right? <laughs> you know, they take you back if you left them. It's so easy for us, church. It's so simple. God made it so simple. He prepared us. He's leading us. He's guarding us. He's protecting us. And He made it so simple, but we make it so hard. Number one, we're not always listening. And then number two, we don't confess. So many just, we just make it so hard. But it's so easy. Listen to what he says. Verse 5, 1 John chapter 1. And this is the message we've heard from him. And announce to you that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So what is God saying? God says, guess what? I know you. Oh, yeah, that's right, you do. (laughs) You are going to walk in darkness. But I'm going to keep trying to wake you up, but you need to keep listening to me. And then when you wake up, you've got to do something. Don't lie about it. Tell the truth. Just confess. God, I'm sorry. I blew it. I did it again. Or or I've done it for the first time. I'm sorry that I did these things and I don't want to do those things again. Please help me. Where is our humility, church, toward God? And he goes on to say, it's so simple, but if we walk in the light, as even as he is in the light, we walk in the light as he himself is in the light. You know that means walking the straight and narrow, right? That's sacrificial living. That's what that is. It's sacrificial living. Walking in the light is going against the grain of the world. It's not being like the world. It's being like Jesus. How many of us want to be like Jesus? How many of us are listening to Jesus? It's so simple. You just, we listen to Jesus. We walk in the light. Who's guiding us? Psalm 119, 105, thy Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God is leading us just like he led them. Are we looking? Are we following? Are we standing in the light? Are we walking in the light? Or are we off the beaten path? You can see the light. I mean, it's right there. But why do we disobey God? He made it so simple. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus. His Son cleanses us from all sin. He does the thing that we ourselves cannot do, nor could we do. We just got to stay in the light, right? It goes on to say, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Okay, I can just be honest. I I sin. Thank you, God, for knowing me. Thank you, God, for... I I don't have to keep secrets. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling, and here's where I, you can just be open and honest with God. He made it so simple. Why aren't we listening? And then he goes on to say, if we, can, if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all 
unrighteousness. So he's going to take me, the unrighteous man, and he's going to make me right. Thank you, God, for that. I need God to do that. I can't do that on my own. Just like Israel couldn't deliver themselves. And they needed God to lead them. God made it. He made it pretty simple. How many of us are listening? How many of us are just holding on to those sins, not confessing our sins, not repenting of our sins, trying to hide our sins from God? God already knows. Acts chapter 2, please. Acts chapter 2. And in their days, the messenger had a, had a message for them. God said, you've got to listen to him. Look, he, he holds in his hands life and death. Salvation is in the hand of Jesus. In Acts 2.38, we've read it. And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you, every one of us, right, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? So I'm baptized for the forgiveness of my sins, and I receive a gift. Why do I need God in me? I can't do it without God. That's why. So God is in me. Thank you, God. And he made it easy for even those who are not children of God. You come to Jesus, and you get baptized, and you die in the likeness of Christ, and you're resurrected, and you walk anew. And, and Jesus, who, who looks at you and sees darkness, now sees nothing but light because he sees his blood. And then you just keep living with him and for him. And the Bible goes on to say in verse 40, And with many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. But do we even see the world as being perverse? Or do we just like it that much? Right? <laughs> Got to get into the light. Right? You can see the light. The light of truth. And finally, verse 41. So then those who had received the word were baptized. And they were added that day about 3,000 souls. God made it easy. Because he did it. Right? He's the one who fixed it. Made the unrighteous the righteous. Not me. And he's the one who will fix it for you. But we just have to give it to him. And this morning, the lesson is yours. Are you willing to give it to him? If you're struggling in your faith, your walk of faith with Jesus, just give it to him. If you're not a Christian and you want to become a Christian, he made it simple. Just give it to him. You've heard his word. If you believe it, there has to be an action that follows. Repent. Then confess his name and be baptized for the remission of your sins. If we can help in any way this morning, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.